Welcome to the Juggling Without Balls podcast. My name is Monica Parkin and I am your host. And every week on the show, I'm going to be talking to powerful, successful women who juggle it all. And when I say juggle it all, I mean everything. Kids, health, aged parents, careers, relationships, you name it, we're going to talk about it. So stick around, grab a cup of coffee, pull up a seat and enjoy the show. Hello, jugglers, and welcome to episode one. In this episode, I will be speaking to Oot Yu. Now, for those who don't know already, one of the roles, one of the many roles that I juggle is that of mortgage broker. And Oot is hands down one of my favorite people from the Canadian mortgage industry. Oot is such a rock star that in 2019, she was awarded the coveted Canadian Mortgage Awards BDM of the Year. She has been climbing the mortgage industry ladder for more than 20 years, and has recently been promoted to the role of National Director for CMLS Aveo. She works hard, she plays hard, and I'm so excited to talk to her today. Please welcome Oot Yu. When I was doing this podcast about women juggling multiple responsibilities, the first person I thought of was Oot, because she is like this crazy, super busy woman that answers emails like this. Like you can email her at midnight and two minutes later, you'll get a response. But she also has two young kids at home. She's got a total other life. She's got a 90-year-old mom that moved in with her. I want to know what her secrets are. So welcome out. And uh, we hope we're going to pick some lots of wisdom out of your brain today. Absolutely. You and I have had a long-standing relationship. So I look forward to this, Monica. We have. Yeah. And like I was saying in my intro, I wear a lot of different hats. One of them has been as a mortgage broker and I'm still in the mortgage industry, but uh, you're always one of my go-to people. Even when... So for the audience that doesn't know how this works, as a mortgage broker, when you're looking at different lenders, they all have different things to offer. So Oud at the time was something we called a business development manager. So she would be one of the, you'd call that lender and ask, these people have this much down payment, this is the property, blah, blah, blah. Is that something that your company could approve? And the wonderful thing about Oud is even if she couldn't do it, she would tell you where it could get done. So she was so giving of her knowledge. And I think that's probably why you're as successful as you are. But do you want to talk a little bit about that business model for you or, or how you how you approach business because yeah, you you're in the sales do. business, but you don't seem like a, a salesperson. You know what? Thank goodness for hair dye, right? I've been in this industry now <laughs> for just over 21 years. So time's flown by. I mean, career-wise, I started in customer service and banking. And from there, I, you know, I've been very fortunate. And I mean, speaking of women, I mean, I've had some great female women leaders who recognized my abilities before I did. And they they kept pushing me out. They would apply for jobs without even me knowing. So um, one of the things I did, and I mean, career-wise, is probably one of the best moves, was my manager in Vancouver pushed me to Toronto. So she got me a position in Toronto. I lived out there for three and a half years. And in oh. the finance industry in Toronto, that's where everything happens. Sorry to interrupt for one second. Were you, yeah. did you have a young family at that time or you moved out? No, on your I own? was single. I was in my early okay. 20s at that point. I mean, you know, never really lived outside of BC. I packed up and I left. Wow. He was like 21, 22 at that point. So yeah. And there I, I stayed in customer service for another few months and my manager there pushed my resume over to the lending side. 
So without even me wanting to move. So it's that whole thing. Sometimes preparation meets opportunity. You'd already kind of done the work and had some experience that you probably didn't even know was going to be relevant. And now someone's seen this thing in you. And that's amazing when people do that for other people, even because I had a manager that did that. She said, oh my gosh, I don't ever want to lose you, but this position you have to apply for. And she just shoved me out the door. I think she was crying when she did it, but I have so much gratitude for that. That was such a selfless act. And it sounds like you've experienced that too. Yeah. And you know what? As a leader, that's how I look at things and wanting my team to grow exactly the same. So from there, I did lending for a little bit, but I never actually like touched paper. We were in the customer service center. So we would approve the deals and the branches would close it. So I did that for a little bit. And after that, broker services opened up in Toronto. Well, there was a position opening there and I applied there. And there, instead of doing lending immediately, I did document review. And doing document review, you learn why you condition for certain things, why it's important to the lender to have those documents and what it means. So we did that for a little bit and then I went to the alternative lending. So B lending that so, we call it today. Yeah, I was right? going to say for our audience, it maybe isn't in the mortgage industry. Can you yeah. just quickly explain what B lending is? It's a little bit yeah, different. So it's Yeah, you typically categorize it as prime lending, which is your A, your lower rates, your everything qualifies within the mandated guidelines. And then B is alternative. It's where, you know what, you got clients for business for self. They don't qualify based on their T1s. You got to look at bank statements or net worth and things like that. So more creative ways of getting a deal done outside of just the fit in the box and check all the check all the yeah exactly checking all the box moving from the prime lending over to alternative was challenging right because there aren't as many rules there's more flexibility and wrapping your brain around that but honestly for myself it made me a better underwriter maybe better doc review person and a better sales rep which I've been doing for the last 15 years was on the sales side and that was just it right having that knowledge and Building relationships with people go beyond just yes and no. It's helping them, understanding what they're looking for. And building that relationship is so, so important. And to me, whether you do one deal with me or 100 deals with me, I treat people the same. I think that's really, really important. Yeah. And I think that is something you are known for in the industry that you know whether you're a newbie or you've got this huge, huge workload, it's going to treat you really well. And she's going to... Often when I was a newbie, people would be like, forget all the other lenders, just call Ooch. She'll tell you which one to go to. And then I was like, okay, well, I can't be this total sucker on her time. But but honestly, that's that's the word out in the street is just call Ooch. She'll help you figure it out. So yeah, a compliment. But the flip side of that is that it makes you really busy. And not only are you yeah. really busy, but you're really responsive. So how do you juggle? Because that is the juggling, right? I, your phone's always pinging. People are texting you, calling you, emailing you, messaging you little kids at home, you got mom at home, you got a big extended family. How do you find that balance? Like what's your for me? It's knowledge, right? Making sure you know your job, knowing the information and also recognizing when you don't. Not being afraid to say, you know, I don't know. Let me get back to you. Right. Recognizing that to me is important. Like I mean, I'd rather get you the right answer than just give you an answer. Yeah. Yeah. That's how surrounding you with your surrounding yourself with people as well that know. Right. I think that's really important. Building those relationships, as much as the external relationship is important, the internal relationship is also really important. So I've always had really great relationships with my managers, with all the underwriters, the doc review people. That is also very, very key, regardless of which position or direction you go in. 
those internal and external relationships are all important. 100% so that when you want to take a day off or you want to spend the time with your kids, there's people to back you up. Like, where do you, car- yeah. it feels like, to me, I'm like, where does she even find time to, to do the other stuff? Like, where do you fit in the other stuff? Like, do you, take you know what? And, and this is honestly, like, what do you do? With? Everyone wants I to know. What full, do you do? I have a full-time nanny. Yeah. My house. Well, that's good advice too, though, right? Yeah. Without her. Yeah. Yeah. That's the key thing and finding the right person, right? Because you know what? Like my nanny, she's absolutely my saving grace. She's been with us now for almost five years. Nice. Um, she's probably my, part of your family by now, I would exactly, guess, right? Yeah. Exactly. And I treat her just the same, right? She's one of my family. Absolutely. I think that's really, really key is, is how you treat people. You will get back tenfold is how I've always seen things. And yeah, she's basically the family. When my mom moved in, I mean, my mom, knew, we thought we were going to lose my mom last year. Uh, she just turned 90 February 20th. That's so amazing. Um, yeah. That's so awesome. People, no, we didn't think she'd even make it the year and she's wow. doing so well. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to credit Jessa for that. She's been absolutely amazing transitioning from handling my kids in e-learning because there's no chance I could oh, do Oh, so your job. kids are also homeschooling. Yes. Wow. Let's just throw yeah. another layer on exactly. that thing. So that's Holy why I'm God. saying this house would not operate yeah. without my yeah. nanny. Yeah. And she is living. And I mean, I talk to a lot of women in the mortgage industry here and we take those calls and they're like, how do you do it? And I tell them, you know what? You can't juggle work, life, everything. Get help. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think that seems to be the trend with most women that have a lot going on. They're willing to find some little piece to delegate and, and someone that they really trust and they really have a a relationship with. And that sounds like that's what you've got. That is absolutely it. So in my personal life, that is my savior and my husband's self-employed. Yeah. He also works long hours and whatnot. And that's the only way we're able to do this. So you've built a life around, around your goals that, that all fits together. Yeah. 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 So talking about your mom, your 90-year-old mom, who's just the cutest little thing I've ever seen. And last year when she was sick, my heart was just breaking for you, talking about having to see her on FaceTime and not be able to go into the hospital room. Like that was just, I was just cheering for you, but I'm so glad to see her at home. And she's just the cutest little thing. But how has your mom influenced the decisions that you make and how you conduct yourself in the world? Because yeah, obviously so you have I a think- great deal of admiration for her. And I'm not going to share her story. If you want to share it, you can. I yeah. It before. I think the one main thing that people don't realize is I am actually an immigrant. So I came to Canada. We arrived when I was two, didn't speak the language. Even today, I mean, my mom knows very few words, but coming from that and leaving a war torn country, like we fled Vietnam. So we were actually, me and all my siblings, my mom has had 10 kids. Uh, And yeah, so they fled just shortly after the war. I think my mom said I was only three, four months. And you're the youngest kid? I am the youngest of 10. Wow. Yeah, And I mean, my oldest sibling is almost 30 years older than me. She lost three children in Vietnam. And, you know, in the last few years, I mean, I I don't know how she gets through it because I can't even imagine losing one child having to lost three the end of 2018, we lost my brother suddenly yeah. to leukemia. That was literally overnight. Oh, so that was really tough. And then this past September, we actually lost my sister in a car accident. Yeah. And it was one you never think you get the phone call. It was like a parent's worst nightmare, right? Being woken up yeah. at two, being told there's been an accident and my sister's not okay. And I telling my mom, having to give that news to her both times was probably one of the toughest things. Yeah. that I've ever had to do. 
And this is life, right? And I think you have to look for the silver lining in everything. And the silver lining that I gave her was, I promise you, neither of them suffered. It was quick. They just went and they didn't suffer. And now we try to joke about it. You got to have some sort of laughter in there or else it's just so hard to get through life, right? So we joke, we lost my dad when I was 13. So I said to her, I'm like, well, dad has five. I appreciate the humor of that totally. Like, right? you know, like I'm like, that was fair. He's got five. Now it's he's got five, right? You got five with you. She, he's got five with him, right? Yeah. Otherwise you can't. And I mean, that's the one thing with her is she's like, and you know, I joke with her a lot. And I think that's what really helps. As I say to her, I'm like, you're like a cat. You've got like nine lives too. You're down three, mom. You still got six to go. You're going to be around till you're a hundred at least. You know, so I bet she will, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And how does that work for the kids and your mom all in the same household? So you're obviously bilingual. Your mom speaks a bit of English. Do the, are the kids bilingual too? Can we talk to grandma? They're not. So how does that work? They are not. It's a lot of hand pointing. Really? Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, It's interesting, you know? So, but I think it teaches the kids like, that we take care of our family. That's what I hope. And I hope my kids like recognize like how great it is to have a grandparent around. Yeah. Yeah. And they're empathetic to it. And I give them chores to help with her, you know, because she's got arthritis. There's a lot of things she can't do. Mobility isn't totally there, but I, I, I'm teaching them empathy and compassion throughout this. Right. And I hope they take that away and what a treasure it is. One day to look back and said, my grandma lived with me. You know, it doesn't happen very often. And honestly, I have to thank my husband in all this. You have to have a very supportive husband that stands behind you because living with your mother-in-law isn't a, is not, it's not not something most people sign up for. Right. Yeah, exactly. And it was literally thrown on us within two weeks that that decision was made was, okay, where's she going straight out of the hospital? And we just had to make it and go. Right. Yeah. So it's it's a whole family effort. It disrupts everybody, but everybody has to be willing to work together on it. Yeah. And I'm sure there's just some amazing growth that comes out of that. And like you say, the the lessons that the kids get out of that are phenomenal. And it sounds like you've you've got a lot of your traits from your mom who sounds like she's a pretty strong, powerful woman in her own right. You know, traveling to another country, not speaking a language. She lost a husband. She's lost five children. Yeah. And she's still... She's still smiling, you know? Yeah. smiling. And I mean, you know, back in the old country, there was a lot of like physical abuse and emotional abuse. And, you know, my mom experienced it with siblings and this and that, and she's tough. She's so so tough. And I'm completely admirable of that. You know, Yeah, I'm thankful I wasn't born back then because I wouldn't survive. Well, I'm sure you would have, but but like I, yeah, good luck. Right. Like, you know, (laughs) yeah. But I do think that our relatives definitely are, our mothers or grandmothers are great grandmothers influence us all the way down. You know, my grandmother went back and got her bachelor's degree at like 86 or something. She never could do it when her kids were younger. She wanted her daughters to go to school and it wasn't cool back then to send your daughters to college. Yeah, She worked all the way through so they could afford to go to college, which meant she couldn't. And then when everyone left home and all the grandkids were good and we'd all gone through school, she went back and got that bachelor's degree that she wanted. And to me, that was so inspiring that every time I reinvent myself, I think, well, she did it at 86. Like I could totally do it at 40 or 45 or whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah, It just opens up a whole new world. And the things that you do now trickle down to generations later, right? Like Chelsea's kids are going to be talking about Grandma Oot and uh, yeah. 
you're going to have that influence. Oh, on that them. little mini yeah. me, Chelsea, is my payback in life. Oh my gosh, I love her. She's the best kid ever. <laughs> She's so funny. But yeah, you know, and the things that I do a lot of times, I think about the future generations. And at the same time, like one of the things I have to say about where I work now, like CMLS and Avail, is you have to have supportive leadership team. One of the things, I mean, both of my leaders now, like Dan and, and John and Chris Bassard, like the whole team here at CMLS, like one of the things when I was looking at this position now that I've taken over as a director of Avail on a national level was my old boss on the sales side. He said to me, I am so excited to have an executive female, strong executive female on the team. And you know what? Like, let's go, go yeah. kick some butts, right? Yeah. So it's yeah. awesome to have that male influence as well to support you along the way. It's so important. Yeah. And that's definitely here at this company. I'm so proud that they're like that and they celebrate women on a daily basis. Sounds like an amazing culture to, to work Yeah, with. it's an amazing culture. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the whole yeah. thing, right? I mean, not to see gender, but see people's efforts. And a hundred percent. And it's so, so important. That's what I see on my team. The same thing. I just encourage everybody to be better than they are today. Yeah. Yeah. And to help each other, right? You're not in your help little, each other. don't just stay in your own lane. Like, Hey, I yeah. got here now you're coming with me. Right. So, yeah. and that's yeah. the great thing is this team, this national team that I run, whether they're in BC, Alberta, Ontario, they all reach a helping hand to each other. And that's what I want to encourage and foster and, and build upon, yeah. you know, and a safe place that, you know what, life happens. We, yeah. no one understands that better than me. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we're okay with that. You know what? Yeah. Let us know what's going on in your life. Like, don't keep it a secret because when you need help, reach out. Yeah. And I, I'm going to throw another about. compliment at you because I remember yeah. way back when we had a mortgage and it, and it went a little sideways and it was no one's fault, but I remember you just jumped in there like, I'm going to fix this. Don't worry about it. You were behind the scenes doing stuff. And then like literally every hour you were like, I'm working on it. Don't panic. Hour again. Like you just kept me updated. There was no opportunity for me to get stressed out. It was it's yeah. getting dealt with. Don't panic. And you just kept me in the loop all the way through. And my theory in life is like stuff happens. It's how yeah. you deal with it that matters. And I have yeah. more respect when I've seen someone face a problem and deal with it than someone that's never had a problem. Like if they tell me oh, I've never had an issue, I'm like, oh, I don't trust you then. I want to see you have an issue and I want to see how you deal with it. If you tell me nothing bad ever happens, then you're not a real person to me, right? I'd no, rather see exactly. you fall and Life get up happens. and handle it. Not even fall, but you know what I mean? Yeah. If someone throws you a curveball, how yeah. are you going to have integrity? Are you going to be responsive? Are you going to, yeah. yeah. And I think that's the key thing is that knowledge side, right? Knowing. Yeah knowing what you can, what you can't do, jumping in to help. And doesn't matter how small the job is. And I say that to my team now, like, you know what? Don't look at the title. I've yeah. done all your jobs. You need help. Reach out. Yeah. And it's yeah. how you handle it. That's going to yeah. get you through. Now, on the flip side of that, sometimes yeah. you just got to say no, right? Sometimes you yeah. just have to say, how do you say that? Because that's what a lot of people struggle with. How do I say no and let someone down without you yeah, know, so like making that a good there, experience. So they want to yeah. come back. How do you phrase that? What's your process? The key thing there to me is letting people understand the why. So if you're saying no, why are you saying no? You know it what I mean? And kids too. Yeah. It goes for kids too. Exactly. Life in general. And if they understand the why, they're typically okay with it. And being on the sales side when I was there, one of the things is if I understood the why and I knew somebody that could fix the why, and that's what you were talking about earlier, right? I would yeah. say, hey, I can't do it here for this reason, but you know what? So-and-so over here can do it for you because they're okay with that reason. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right. And I think that's how you build that relationship and that rapport. And then people yeah. call you and, and they're like, trust. Hey, I have a really tricky deal. Yeah. And I always say, give me the full goods. Don't leave it. Give me every reason. And I'll tell you what I can or can't deal with. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But be honest, be upfront. That's the other thing. Yeah. Be transparent. Right. And, and yeah. you expect it of others and, and you give it in return. And that's the way that works. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I have a couple more questions I want to try sure. and power through. So if you could go back and talk to like 10, 12 year old dude, don't know what you're going to do in life yet. I don't know what your world was like then, but I would tell myself it's going to get way, way better. But what would you tell yourself? Oh, at for 10? me at 10, I, my world was a bit different than your typical 10 year old. Parents that were immigrants didn't speak English. We decided to buy a corner store in good old Port Alberni. And so at 10, I was helping my sister run the store. I've been working at 10 years old. And it was, you know what? I think that's what teaches you that you just work hard, right? And that's why I give my son all these chores at home. And he's 10 and it's like, happy birthday. You're 10. Now you got, you get to do dishes and laundry, right? So every corner store, buddy. I know this this kid does not look forward to his birthday anymore because as he gets older, that chore list just gets bigger. Yeah, yeah, but that's and really you know, a gift. It, it is a gift to give them that. But yeah, so yeah, if you he doesn't see his gift right now, yeah, but he will. He will well. someday. Yeah, his kids <laughs> won't. They'll be like, "Damn it, Grandma, why'd you do that?" He's like, "My birthday's coming up. I don't want to know what you're adding to that list." <laughs> his list started at eight, by the way. If anybody's wondering, but yeah, I think at ten and twelve, it's you know what, it's okay. You don't know what lies ahead, but if you work hard and you put in the effort and be who you are, don't be afraid. Don't be apologetic for who you are. And I think as a female, like, I mean, for me, I've always had that attitude to me, not the greatest, but it was, I'm going to do what I do and I am me. And if you don't like me, that's okay. Yeah. I didn't care, you know, but I also had a sister who's seven years older than me. And she was, she had some disabilities to her, right? And kids would pick on her. So I was a little one who would be like, and I was skinny and I was really little and I didn't care. I was yelling at teenagers for picking on my sisters. You know what I mean? So yeah, I always yeah. had this really tough exterior to me yeah. and you know, I'm tiger. Yeah. Yeah. difficult and whatever, but you know what life it's going to be okay. Yeah. And 12, you don't have to have life figured out. Yeah. Roll with the punches, but be responsible and be kind. Yeah. Yeah. But be you. I think that's really, really important is you are who you are and don't be apologetic for it, but just make sure you make the right choices and treat people how you want to treat people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there are two things that I live by, Monica, that I think is really important. One is people will only do to you what you allow them to do. So if you're not okay with it, you have to speak up because if you allow somebody to treat you a certain way and you don't say anything, they're going to continue treating you. You gave them a free pass. Yeah. You gave them a free pass. And so when you want to play the blame game, you have to look at yourself. And I think that's the second thing is when, before you blame, you need to look at yourself and that complaint or that comment that you're going to make, you better make sure that you're also not the one doing it. Yeah. You don't want to be the person in the glass house throwing rocks, right? Because they bounce back. Yeah. Yeah. So exactly. people only do to you what you allow. That's, the second thing when it, yeah. when it comes to life is, you know what, live your life with no regrets. And that's how a lot of times I make those decisions is if I don't make this, if I don't go this direction, am I going to wonder what if? Yeah. If you're going to wonder what if, you might as well do it instead of 10 years from now going, I should have done that. Yeah. Don't and I didn't. Stones. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right. That's fabulous. And if you fail, at least you knew, you know, and failure isn't a bad thing. You can pick up and go another direction. Yeah. Yeah. I heard someone once on another show say that their mom used to tell them when they didn't want to do something because they might fail. And she'd say, you fail 100% of the time that you don't try, right? If you don't try, you failed. So you might as well try because if you don't try, that's already a failure right out of the gate. And I think that's what you're saying, right? I think a lot of time you're tougher than you give yourself credit for. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people don't see their own self-reflection, me included. I mean, being Asian, being female, I grew up with racism yeah. and it was being called all these names the or whatever. Duck. I grew up always thinking that I was the ugly duckling in the family because I didn't look like the rest of my friends and whatever. But the older you get, the more you're like, you know what, this is me, take it or leave it. It yeah. doesn't matter yeah. anymore. Right? Yeah. 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 And when you're in your 40s, you really don't care. In your 40s, anymore. you're like, take it or leave it, man. <laughs> this is who I am. This is all me. Once you get to the 40, you're like, you know what? I don't no, care. You just stop giving a crap yeah. about it at all, right? Yeah. What other people think is whatever yeah. they think. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. And I think the happens. best thing when it comes to parenting is, you know what? They say little people, little problems. Big people, big problems. I think that's so true. And I'm yeah. so scared for those teenagers. I know. I yeah. am so scared. Yeah. Yeah. Well, mine seemed to so far, knock on wood, the first two skip right through the teenage stage, but my 13 year old is just starting to like, okay, the other two made it easy. So I'd have the third and she's just starting to figure out the whole sarcasm (laughs) and the eye rolling. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what happened to the cute little kid that I had? (laughs) Right. Whatever. We'll get through the other side. I was a horrible teenager and I'm a fairly decent human being. (laughs) So hopefully we get to the other side. My poor mother. I remember um, apologizing to my mom at 22. I'm like, yeah. oh my God, I am so sorry yeah. for all those years of hell yeah. that I caused you. I, I am so sorry. I, she goes, it's okay. One day you'll have a daughter yeah. just like you. I'm getting I, it back. I probably owe my mom an apology. Actually, I should probably call her right after this. <laughs> and apologize. Who told me I had to apologize? Yeah. Uh, and the last thing I want to say on that topic, yeah, Monica, like the last it. advice is this one. It's funny, but it's so true. Careful. I don't know who said it, but I kept it on my board for the yeah. longest time. Yeah. It was careful of the toes you step on today. They may be connected to the ass you kiss tomorrow. Especially so in the mortgage industry. So true. The so way people move around. Small. Yeah. You never want to leave on a bad note. Doesn't yeah. matter what the situation is, you know? Yeah. yeah. Keep everything on a good level. You don't need to be mean. You don't need to leave on a bad level. Yeah. yeah. Be respectful. Because yeah. 10 years from now, that person could be your new boss. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I've been most proud of is that every place I've left, we've left with friendship and joy and open arms, come back anytime. Like those friendships are still there. That relationship's still there. There was never a screw you. I'm out of here. It was always like, you know, I've just outgrown this job and I need to move on. And and they blessed me and said, move on with love. Right. It wasn't ever, no one tried to keep me where I wasn't growing anymore, but I've seen people do that, leave in a total destruction and flames. And Wonderful. sometimes you regret that 10 years yeah. later, right? So exactly. So yeah. And sometimes people, it's unavoidable. It just happens. It but yeah. Yeah. But for sure. I got a couple more questions, but we already talked about what you delegate. Basically, nanny is is your lifesaver. How has your routine changed pre and post COVID, right? Like what have you done to pivot through, because obviously COVID has probably changed a lot of the way you do business. You used to be on the road all the time, conferences, things like that. Yeah. How have you been able to pivot? And it seems like business is actually way busier in COVID than it even was before COVID for whatever reason. Like what's been your, 
have you dealt with that? So, you know what, having a great technology team behind us and, and the great thing is because a lot of our sales reps were already home-based, so we had a base to work with, but our tech team was able to maneuver everyone to at work at home basis and having to pivot for me, honestly, even though I was on the road a lot more conferences and this and that, I didn't have to pivot much because for me, emails and phone calls were always my number one to handle because that was where your actual live deals were versus the one-on-one appointments where you're driving new business. So for me, it wasn't a huge change. It was really just being more disciplined, having more organization because it's a lot more business that was coming through. I mean, COVID had the opposite effect of what everybody oh, right? thought would happen. I know. We all thought industry. our business was going to tank. And I think everyone doubled their volume in the in Everyone that doubled. Time. And it was, it was the perfect storm. Like in the mortgage industry, I honestly believe it was absolutely the perfect storm. Because what happened was, although everyone was unsure what was happening, because of COVID, the rates started dropping. And when you have rates dropping that low, you got first-time homebuyers going, oh, I think I can afford something now. So it was kind of the perfect storm that to this day has not ended. But in the alternative space, which I have now taken over is who would have thought we'd be talking about rates in the twos for a beat lender? I know, right? For for Bruce Credit or whatever, right? Exactly. Bankrupt in rates of the threes, right? I mean, when I started in this mortgage industry 20 years ago, I mean, B rates were in 12, 15 and now we're in the, like my lowest rate right now is 259. Who would have thought? And that was when I started five years ago, that was a really good A rate. Like if you exactly. had perfect credit, everything was perfect. You're salaried, you got a huge down payment. That's the rate you were going to get. And now that's a rate for someone that maybe wouldn't get approved with a traditional lender. So exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, pivoting wasn't too hard for us. Thank- yeah. Thankfully, yeah. our underwriters have actually adjusted to working from home and not doing the commute. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So they're actually able to put a little bit more and spend more time with their family. Yeah, and maybe a little less distraction because you tend to, I assume, at least I know when I've talked to underwriters, they said sometimes you get into a a deal and then you start talking to another underwriter and then all of a sudden hours gone by because you each start talking about each other's stuff. Whereas when you're at home, you're kind of forced to just put your head down and and get her done. But you, Yeah, I think the one thing that you have to make sure you work into it from a work from home basis and being a leader is making sure that your team has that face-to-face time. So for our team meetings, we bought webcams, we sent it out to everybody and our team meeting is mandatory face-to-face so that we all don't feel so lonely. I think we all have to check on each other. So that's part of your pivot, I guess, too, is the way that you've adjusted is because you're not having boardroom meetings anymore. You're mandating face-to-face, camera on, we're all going to look each other in the eye and we're going to get together and and chat as a group. Yeah. And making sure there's a bit of personal aspect to it. And it's not just always all work, right? Yeah. So sometimes yeah. we do games and things like that to keep each other with prizes at the end, just to keep everybody entertained and engaged yeah. and yeah. working as a team, right? Right on. Yeah. Leading yeah. into the technology question, if you had to pick one app, one piece of technology, one something that's just got you through this year that you couldn't give up, if someone said you can got to get rid of everything and keep one thing, what would you pick? Ooh. Cool. So that could be uh, a program, a platform, an app. You know, not your phone. Can't use your phone. It's got to be something better than that. You know what's shockingly like an app that I actually use both for the social side and the business side? Mm -hmm. And I've been able to drive some business out of it is Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. 
right? Like, I mean, as much as everybody's like, you're so engrossed in it, it's, I still pull business from there. It's Yeah. And me, I remember as a new broker, probably 80% of my business came from Facebook. And in the beginning, people are like, it's a waste of time. Nobody's on social media. Don't do that. You're wasting your time. And then day after day, it would be people that I've connected with on Facebook that would be like, hey, now we're looking for a mortgage or whatever, or friends. Yeah. And I wasn't soliciting. I never solicited or asked for business. It just came organically by caring about other people, being involved in their lives, being connected. And when you're looking for someone and they're front of mind all the time like that, I think it just naturally... And I also look for business from people that I know. So if I need my roof done, I'm usually looking through Facebook. Who do I know that does roofs, right? Like I'm looking through my circle of acquaintances. Well, not just that. I mean, especially in the mortgage industry, a couple of things that has happened is we've got like a woman's in mortgage industry, right? Yeah. Where there's a safe haven that anybody cross country can ask questions. Yeah. So as a lender, I use that and, and you know, I'll answer the questions. Yeah. Whether it's for our prime side or alternative side, if it makes sense, it's something we can do. I'll jump on and I'll answer the question. Yeah. I'll pull business in for either side, which is really awesome. Yeah. And that ability to be able to just see those questions come up and jump in and answer them is amazing. And, yeah. And, and yeah, if there's a broker in my territory, phenomenal. Yeah. 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 And if it's a broker in my territory that I knew, Monica, I'd pick up the phone. I'd be like, yeah. hey, yeah, I know you have a deal. Let's talk about it. What and do you need? What's going I've, on? Let's, and I've, the deal's mine at that point. Yeah. You know what and I mean? I've experienced that from you. I remember I posted a scenario. Yeah. Hey, I've got this, this, and this. I have no idea what to do with it. Two minutes later, Oots on the phone. I can do that deal for you. And I'm like, dude, you're so fast. But but that's how how that like it's just amazing platform. And it's a way for everyone to support each other. And that's what I love about this industry, even though this is not a show about mortgages. What I love about this industry is it's not so cutthroat that everyone isn't willing to help each other out. Like there's exactly. so many people over the years that have just reached out to me that I don't even know them and they see a post and they're like, hey, I can help you with that. And they they call or whatever. Everyone's willing to help everybody else out. And it's not this this shark tank where everyone's just out to feed themselves, right? And But the other, the flip side of that to social media and whatnot is Facebook is what you want to put out there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you never know what someone's story is behind the scenes. Yeah. Have compassion, have empathy, reach out, talk to your, the people you work with, your friends even, right? Yeah. Check in, yeah. especially with COVID. It's hard. Everyone's been isolated, right? But it's up to you to make the difference in it all. You know, I'll call my friends randomly that I haven't heard from a while. Hey, how's it going? Are you okay? Like, remember to check in and be kind to each other, right? I think that's a really big component to everything. Facebook's just a cover. For me, it's not. Like, I post the good, the bad, the ugly. Very authentic on your Facebook, 100%. Yeah. 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 But for me, it's also keeping in touch because we have such a huge extended family across so many different countries. And that's just the quickest way to update people. So I do put the bad on there as well. I know a lot of people don't do that. And it's everybody's personal preference. And what are you with me? What you see is what you get. Yeah. But don't forget that everybody has a story. And that's the great thing I love about relationship building. It goes beyond just selling somebody something and doing this and that. It's the people aspect, caring. And I love hearing people's stories. And I think that's really what's done me well in life is knowing people on a personal level. I think that's part of what drives your success for sure. It's just wanting to truly know people on a deeper level and genuinely wanting to be of service to them in whatever way you can, right? How how can you add value to their life or their business and and actually doing so with some compassion and kindness. So kudos to you for that. Yeah. Um, One person can't do it all. Get help. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For what that means. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And, and, you know, and they're it, willing to help you take them up on it. Yeah. And it is a good reminder that, you know, some people are really real on Facebook and some people, what you see is not always what's behind the scenes. And it is important to be kind yeah. because and, sometimes it's just a facade and someone's just waiting to crumble. Right. So, yeah. And I always say time equals money. You know what I mean? So, and it happens in relationships as well. Right. So if you're finding you and your hubby are not getting along about is the chores in, in the household, get a cleaner every weekend, pay them. That's money well spent that no one has yeah. to do that job anymore. Yeah, that is good advice. We actually figured that out about 10 years ago. We used to fight about, you should be doing this and you should be doing that. And we finally <sighs> got to the point in our life. We're like, you know what? We're just calling someone in to get it done. And if that means I got to work five extra hours or do one extra thing, I'd rather spend a little bit of time at work and have more free time to not have to do this stuff or fight over who's going to do it or how it's going to get done. It's like, just call the guy to wash the siding and Let's yeah. go out with the kids exactly. and go to the beach, right? Not everyone that's has that luxury, but that's the gold I get to. Yeah. 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 Even the lawn, I am not going to push a lawnmower. I am not going to do it, right? Oh, and and that's, my husband's that's an hour allergic of your to life. grass. You never get back, right? Yeah. So. And my husband's allergic to grass. So I'm like, you know what? Forget it. Let's just outsource it. I mean, yeah. it, it yeah. was relatively cheap. Like, yeah. look into it and make sure you know the cost. And it's actually, you, yeah. I think a lot of people would be surprised how economical it is. Well, I got goats for mowing my lawn, so I don't need a lawnmower, but I think I might need a couple more goats now that we're talking about it. So your goats are cute, by the way. I love them. I love your goats. They are my stress relief. I kind of spam Facebook with my baby goats, but they're my stress relief. I think we've covered a lot. Do you have any events, anything coming up that you want to tell anybody about, any charities, anything you're involved in that you want to let us know about before we end this, your chance, if you want to pitch something? you can. And if you don't, that's okay. Cause you're not really coming from that kind of an industry where you'd have like you seminar or something coming up, right? So. Six months in this chair, you know, I got to figure this out before I start anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, but it's- thank you so much for coming on. I absolutely appreciate it. That's it for this week. To get more information on any of my guests, to sponsor an episode or to book me as a speaker for your next event please visit jugglingwithoutballs.ca. I'm also always on the lookout for interesting guests who juggle it all. So please feel free to send me your suggestions. Please rate, review, and follow at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's a wrap. See you next week, jugglers.